The Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Kyle Jones, and I want to start this week by welcoming back, simply because I don't remember who I welcomed back first last week, Lee Shackelford. Mr. Shackelford, how are you? I'm very, very well, and uh, glad to be here with the two of you discussing who. Discussing who, indeed. Mm. And also, I would like to welcome back Clarence Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you? Doing well, man. As, as always, great to be on with you guys. And glad to have these people here in the chat along with us. So, yeah, can't yeah. wait to dive in, man. Indeed, indeed. And I want to give a special shout out in the chat to our friend who we awesomely like to refer to over and over and over <laughs> and over again. Nicole, glad to have you in the chat. So welcome. And like Clarence just said, welcome to everyone else in the chat. And Lee, if we have someone listening or watching us for the very first time, what do you like to say? Uh, get out while you can. <laughs> no, we like to say thank you. We know you got lots of other things you can be doing, including lots of other Who podcasts you could be listening to. But you've chosen to spend some time with us, and we are very grateful. So um, thank you. Yes, indeed. And Clarence, if we have someone listening for the very first time, what would you like to tell them about following us you can follow and support us by hitting us up on any of the socials at discussing trek and if you're listening right now which you are if you're hearing me of course uh, make sure you like and subscribe or also leave us a review on any of the various podcasting platforms only only um thing we ask is make them good <laughs> indeed indeed and i want to give another shout out to jamie johnson who has just joined us in the chat i also had a note about jamie who i said reached out to us earlier today on facebook jamie is a new fan to doctor who and has suggested a great topic that we will be exploring in the very near future so mm. jamie thank you for the suggestion and welcome welcome we're glad that you are here so we are streaming live. So before we get into the actual review of why we're here tonight, the Wild Blue Yonder, I want to do a quick programming note. Of course, this weekend we will have the finale of the three-part 60th anniversary specials. We will not be reviewing the finale, The Giggle, next week. We will be holding that to the next week because of a scheduling conflict so just keep that in mind we're just going to say our brains will be exploding after the regeneration so we're going to have to like take a week to recover so that's that's what's going on there <laughs> so i want to talk real quick viewership numbers the overnight bbc one ratings come in for the wild blue yonder slightly down from the 5.8 million from the week before at 4.83 but according to our friends at blogterwho.com the star beast has now been seen by 7.61 million viewers and i'm assuming that that is in the uk that's 2.53 million who have mm. caught up on the Dr. Donna's return since it first aired. This is a massive increase of 49.6%. That's the highest plus seven result since 2018. Thoughts? Lee, why don't you start? Thoughts about this seven-day rating? Mm. I think a lot of that is probably about novelty, that people are saying, hey, you're not going to believe this. It's, uh, you ever hear of Doctor Who? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the thing with David Tennant. Yeah, well, he's in it again. What? That's my guess. All right, Clarence, any thoughts? Clarence, I think you are muted, unfortunately. There we go. Yeah. And I may have accidentally done that. Sorry if I did. No, that's fine. Uh, people coming back, man. The hype is there. Um, the, the hype train is a going and people are back on board. Uh, and especially if you got wind of that first episode, even if you caught it late, you definitely mm. were in your seats for the next episode. So, yeah, I think the hype is just there to, to 
have Doctor Who kind of take off, but we'll see if it stays up there after this episode. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. And I am excited to find out what you guys think about this episode. So I think it's important that I say at this point, if you have not seen The Wild Blue Yonder, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, come back, because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky, too. <laughs> Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out, and we are back to review, like I just said, The Wild Blue Yonder. This is the second of three specials for the Doctor Who 60th anniversary, first airing slash streaming on the 2nd of December, 2023. It starred David Tennant as the 14th Doctor and Catherine Tate as Donna Noble. It features the final appearance of the late, great Bernard Cribbins as Wilfred Mott, and the episode was written by the letters RTD. So, summary view, Clarence Brown, I'll start with you. Summary view, what say ye? Okay, I have to admit you kind of threw me off. The final appearance, he's not in the next episode? Unfortunately, <laughs> final not. Appearance. Oh my God! See, that's gonna that hurts me there. Why? Why yeah. didn't you tell me this before we got on? <laughs> He's not gonna be in the next episode. That breaks my heart, dude. Yep. Yeah. And, and you know, I, let me say this real quick. I have been saying since uh, you know we found out that Bernard Cribbins had passed. I want to correct myself here that he had finished all of his scenes. Unfortunately, I have since mm. found out that that was not true. That he filmed all that he could do. So, oh man, well, overall, I think the Bernard crib and stuff at the end was amazing. Uh, but uh, on the actual content of the ep episode itself, I didn't love it. Um, it wasn't bad, it was maybe a B minus episode, but I was expecting another A. Um, maybe my expectations were too high coming in. It almost felt like they got use of the volume or a volume like device and just went to town on it, and that was kind of what they wanted to show off. Uh, the performances were great. I wish they would have went a little deeper in the horror aspect a little bit. But but overall, a decent episode. All right. Lee Shackelford, what say you? Um, same. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, and I found it genuinely frightening, which I think was the point. Um, I've, I've noticed other people this week comparing it to Midnight, which is one of my favorites. Um, and um, I think that's... Um, you know, um, that's a fair comparison. There's a lot, a lot in common with Midnight, including the very limited cast. Um, you'll notice this cat, when we say it starred David Tennant and Catherine Tate, and Bernard Cribbins, we're not kidding. That's it. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought that was a very, um, that was a very clever use of these performers. Um, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with Clarence. I, my master Aristotle wrote 2,500 years ago, talking about live theater where he was seeing them make it rain on stage and, you know, throwing down lightning bolts and things like this. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, special effects are not plot. You know, mm. um, if, if the theater goes this way, <laughs> I see only doom ahead, you know. And uh, yeah, 2,500 mm. years later, he's still right. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, what about you? So, you know, I'm right there with you guys. And, you know, I want to pick up a comment from our friend, Larry, who is a member of our Discussing Trek crew and who has, of course, also been on Discussing Who. He said that he liked the episode, but if he's being totally honest, he expected more. And I think, you know, I've gone on record as not liking how Chibnall did not promote things like RTD does, but RTD has now gone on record as saying he wished that he had not have been so secretive about this episode because it created expectations mm. uh, that may not have come true. You know, I if we, see that. Yeah. you know, and I, and I can see that because I was going into it expecting <laughs> this is going to be our multi-doctor episode. There's nothing about mm. it. Yeah. But if I take it out of context of that 
and the disappointment I had of it not being a multi-doctor story. Because, you know, last week I was going on and on about saying, oh, well, this is, we're, you know, we're going to have Shuti in this. We're going to have, you know, we're going to be wowed by this. So I think if I would have gone and not had that expectation and looked at it from the perspective of we have Catherine Tate and David Tennant back for three episodes. What better way than to showcase Catherine Tate and David Tennant in an episode starring pretty much exclusively Catherine Tate and David Tennant? I wondered if that was the thinking exactly. It's sort of like, can we just, you know, maroon them on a desert island or no, something more interesting than that, you know? Can we not just do that? Um, and, yeah. you know, maybe so. Um, I'm reading the the chat and um, lots of lovely comments from from all of our uh, clever uh, clever co-hosts here who are saying it's a great, ep- it may be a good episode of Doctor Who, but is it a special? And mm. I, I think that's, I think, I think guys, I think you're putting your finger right on it. I think, yeah. Was it special? Mm. Yeah, mm. It, 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 it's it's almost like you wanted Catherine Tate and David Tennant. Yep. You, really, you really want them back? Here you go. Yeah, we're going to give them to you. But I want to pick up another comment on the opposite way. Oh. As a new fan from Jamie, loved this episode and coming in with no expectations probably made it better. Yep. And I think that's true. That goes back into my saying I had over expectations for it and it fell a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. short. But if you didn't have expectations, it maybe helped you appreciate the mavity of the episode. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the mavity of oh, the episode, see, yes, I got it. <laughs> that's what I was waiting for. So speaking of the mavity of the episode, Clarence, what did you think of the opening with Isaac Newton? I thought it was really fun, but they lost me with the Mavity at the very end. I think, <laughs> why, why did you put that in there? So that's me. It's kind of like, uh, what are we back to the future in this thing? Like going forward, everybody's going to say Mavity, which we did get Donna saying it later. And even uh, the doctor, I guess, because he's, you know, the Lord of time and space, he knows what yeah. it's supposed to be. <laughs> and he's gravity. Oh, oh, Mavity, you know? So yeah, I guess we're going to have to say Mavity from now on in Dr. Who, which is just, <laughs> weird why <laughs> I, I hope they're just kidding because I, Isaac Newton did not invent the word gravity that's no that's <laughs> and and to suggest so means that that's just ignorant that's just yeah that's that is beneath the dignity of this show to suggest that he did not invent the word for God's sake um, and, and you know I I yeah. Um, and as a huge fourth doctor fan, I was irked by all this because we know canonically from pirate planet that, uh, the doctor says that, um, Isaac Newton's epiphany, uh, was because so the doctor was uh, in the apple tree, throwing apples down at him, trying to get his attention. Um, so, mm. but of course that could also just be something that the doctor said. So anyway, but, but anyway, Nicole's with yeah. me on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, as the Moffat once said, the doctor lies. So there yes. you go. And yeah. And so, and I think brags about a lot of things that can't possibly be true. So yeah. Anyway. But but uh the the Great Fire was mentioned. I thought that was a good nod. Yeah. Was <laughs> Stay out of London. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so good. We did learn something. Yeah. The yeah. The, the Newton's writing at the, and at the time at, uh, of the great fire. Yeah. Anyway. So let me ask you guys, you know, we've, we've t- talked in our summary view about the look of the episode, you know, and you said mm. that, you know, gr- great um, special effects and stuff like that doesn't make up for the story proper. So I'll, I'll take this, at, you know, to start with, I like the special effects, but some of the special effects did seem a little bit jarring whenever I saw the special effects over and over and over mm. and over again. You know, every time we we're out in the hall, it's beautiful at the beginning, but it starts losing its realness after a while. You mean you mean the, the giant corridor? 
Yes, the giant corridor. Mm-hmm. So what did you guys think of that? Did it did it lose some of the awe to you, or did you have any awe at the beginning? Lee, why don't you start with that? Oh, I did. Um, I was... Yeah, it's it's like the new TARDIS interior. I, I was just swearing at the TV and saying, where did all this money come from all of a sudden? Holy jumping catfish. Um, and yeah, and I know that they're creating this in volume. And so it, um, um, it uh, uh, they didn't construct everything that we see, obviously. I mean, somebody did in a computer, but, but no, there was, there, there are no uh, uh, physical assets being deployed there. So um because in the past, if we wanted to try to tell the story, we would have to have shot it inside an aircraft carrier or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so if if the point there was to wow us, you know, I literally said, wow. So, okay, mission accomplished. <laughs> um, and once you get far enough away from where you started, I always think, well, you know, you're going to have to run back there at some point, don't you? Even when the TARDIS has magically gone away. Um, and not to change the subject, but shout out to the original series again. Thank you. Because, um, we have seen, we have heard of HADS before. We knew that that is a, that is an actual, um, you know, pre-established thing. We didn't make that up for this episode that, uh, the, the TARDIS will take care of itself. And as Donna says, the TARDIS got so scared it ran away. That's gotta be bad. Let's go kick it. Let's go kick its ass. So, yeah. (laughs) So, Clarence, what about you? What did you think of the special effects, that corridor scene? Yeah, rem- remind me to talk about Donna. Uh, and to me, she kind of changed. She was all over the place to be in this episode. We'll, we'll talk about it later. Hmm. But, Interesting, but yeah. the the endless corridor spaceship, I, I kind of hated it. I mean, from all accounts of what a spaceship should be, it's... <laughs> It just didn't make much sense. Uh, it did look cool. It looked really cool. Uh, I found myself very happy when we got out of that long corridor and into the onto the bridge and the side rooms. Uh, but but overall, I did not like the corridor at all. It made for some good scenes. We got you know, Doctor Running, Doctor Crawling because of the corridor. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but overall, um, I don't think I I don't think I loved it. Okay, so I want to pick up on something that Ian and Nicole are saying in the chat, which is the hope that some of this episode could resonate later. Do you guys see that? Could that is that possible? And if so, how might it resonate? Thoughts? I felt that they were just saying. Because it didn't make, <laughs> it didn't do anything. Now <laughs> we're True. still we're still waiting. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, think how many adventures that the Doctor has been on that we will never reference again. We just, <laughs> it's as if it didn't happen. So I don't know. Okay, Clarence, uh, maybe not the adventure in so much as like the interactions between the Doctor and and uh, Donna. I think some of that stuff is was really interesting and will be brought up in the next episode. So when Grace brings up a very good point, which is the salt thing, that they're setting hmm. something up. And I'll go ahead and take this first. I'll buy that, yeah. I, I think this is how the toy maker, since they're on the edge of the universe, per se, I want to think because this is what popped into my head. This is how the toy maker gets his re-entrance back into our reality. Interesting. Huh. Okay, you're going to have to dive, dive deeper into that for me. So, Lee, keep me honest here. From my understanding of the original story for the Celestial Toy Maker, he was a being that had a realm of his own, and he had taken the doctor and the t- I think it was Dodo Caplet and some I can't remember who the other two, uh, maybe Stephen and Dodo that was. I with think him. it's Stephen Dodo, yeah. And he took them to their realm, and they had to beat him at his own game in yeah. order to return to where they were. And when so, we say realm, we mean universe. He is, yes. yeah, he is not from our universe, hmm. so. Yeah, which is why he was able to write the rules 
in right. his, or at least that's a function of his being there. So, yeah, if if the doctor here at the edge of our universe has broken one of the rules of how reality works, then yeah, maybe that's like saying Beetlejuice three times. You know, maybe mm. maybe this is how you get the toy maker. Except that I think we've been feeling his hand all along, and we're gonna find out. Mm. Maybe because we still have not answered the question of why. Um, why is this fourteen looks back? like ten? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, hmm. Thought. Yeah. Well, I was kind of thinking they made the point that the clone or the doppelganger Donna could remember the Doctor's adventures for the last fifteen years. So it almost felt like as if mm. um, she's been calling out to him subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And and now presumably Rose mm-hmm. has these memories too. So I mean I don't know how that's going to play into the next episode, but I found that very interesting and could possibly ha- have something to do with Wise back. Mm, very good point. So let's yeah, yeah, yeah. L- let me point it back to you, Clarence. You said that Donna was all over the place. Elaborate. Uh, well, just at the very beginning. Um, just the feeling of oh we're stranded here I'll never see Rose again and she was very down on herself and then the very next moment she's like let's go kick its butt you know <laughs> you know I, it, it just felt weird especially knowing uh, that she just had another rekindling of the Dr. Donna um, I don't know how much of that would stay with her but it, it's still like going from that right into this we're stranded all hope is gone it just I don't know. It didn't feel quite right to me, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> Lee, yeah. what do you think? No, um, same. It's it's really, really hard. She's a complex character. And as the writing went on for her, you know, during her big year, I think it got more complicated. And mm. so now we've got all of that plus sort of her going forward. It, I would not envy the task of trying to write for her or, or play her. Um, so it's, um, I think this, the script tackles it as head on as it can. And Catherine Tate is, is equal to the task, but it's, it's just a lot. It's a mm. lot to do. Um, so is this the double edged sword of as much as I love last episode and getting that resolution of the binary, 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 where I was like the no Donna was a puddle on the floor last week, <laughs> you know, literally, but is this the catch 22 or the double-edged sword of having these two characters, this version of the doctor, even though he's new, this face and Donna back, but only back for three episodes. Mm -hmm. And where if you could have explored it over an entire eight episodes, 10 episodes, it might've resonated a little bit better, but you're trying to push and condense everything into three episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fine it's a it, it's a high wire to try to walk on. Yeah, it's yeah yeah. Plus know. these 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 characters are still trying to find out who they are right now. Yeah, you know we've only had one the two episodes to do that, and, and including Donna, who just has kind of been in a stupor for the last fifteen years, right? And hasn't really been herself. So they're all trying to figure out who they are at this point. You know, I want to pick up a comment from Larry. And, and by the way, for everyone in the chat, I'm loving reading the comments as you're chatting back and forth. So that is absolutely awesome. Terrific, but I want to yeah. bring in something that Larry said. He says that he loved the energy of David and Catherine. And it's just like you can see that they're just literally happy to be back together. And it does come through on their performances, which I totally yes. agree. Mm-hmm. Agree. And Ian brings up that it might be the death of Donna that pushes 14 to regenerate. Mm. Thoughts. Do we think Donna will die? I don't. We have a don't. don't. Yeah, he will regenerate. I think he will. (laughs) I think, yeah. Clarence, do you agree? Uh, uh, Hope not. It's too tragic. Yeah, I mean, we've already seen her with a tragic end. I don't think we want another one. And RTD has confirmed that even though we won't see Wilf, it is confirmed that he will, at the end of the episode, be safe and sound. So the character Mm -hmm. will, you know, 
live on and be safe and sound at the end yeah. of and I agree with what uh, Nicole just said. Donna has been done dirty enough, so I'm hoping that she won't die. A hundred percent agree. It's just abuse at this point. No, no. Yeah. No. And I don't want her to lose her memory at the end of this next episode. No. I don't think that's going to happen. We've no. done too much to bring her back. Well, everybody around her knows now, too. They... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I want to ask about these no things, as the, they were referring, I think, to themselves. One of my favorite things about this was I genuinely, from scene to scene, after you knew from that initial scene that, oh, wait, that's not the doctor. Oh, wait, that's not Donna. They played it so well that there were times that I was not sure who was Donna, who was the doctor. Did you guys have that same feeling? Clarence, why don't you take that first? Oh, man. It's such a hard task for these actors to play themselves, but not be themselves, but still play the same character. Mm -hmm. Of course they had me fooled almost every time because I feel like because these characters are becoming uh, the doctor and Donna throughout the episode so much, you really can't, really deviate far from how the doctor would actually act or how Donald would actually act. So some of the points when they're just face to face trying to figure out who's who, I just feel like was well done in the questions, uh, the mannerisms, trying to figure out who's who is fun. And, and even the doctor getting it wrong sometimes as witnessed by the end of the episode. So yeah, I, I, I couldn't tell. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell unless they showed me. All right, Lee. Um, I, I was just reading Nicole, Nicole's note. She's saying there's, they, they got some physical tells, especially in their eyes, but it was, mm. but, but most of the time it was really very hard. And, and I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I was intrigued because this is part, um, you know, this is direction. Tom Kingsley, who has not directed a doctor who, uh, before. Mm. So, uh, welcome aboard Tom Kingsley. Um, but kudos to, uh, Catherine Tate because, um, I don't know how they telegraphed this exactly, but when there were the two Donnas and the doctor had in a, in a second to choose which one to bring aboard. Um, I was looking right in their faces and I said out loud to my wife, he's got the wrong one. <laughs> and they let us know that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how, because I was right, of course, but how did I know that? And it's something super tiny in that performance. It's like catching people when they're lying. It was, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I thought all of that was, you know, made, one of the best things about the episode was uh, our, our gradual realization that they're not. Um, yep. Yeah. And you know what? The first time I watched it through, I didn't pick up on this, but I agree with what Nicole said about there was something physical tales, especially in the eyes for Mm -hmm. Catherine Tate for me, because it seemed like the no Donna, as I'm going to call her, Mm -hmm. she did squinch or, you know, her eyes just a little (laughs) bit. There was this, just a slight difference, uh, you know, other than them saying my Mm -hmm. arms are too long, but you know, just that little slight tail, I think that especially Catherine Tate did. Um, Very interesting, yeah. I want to pick up a question that Larry asked in the chat, which is, uh, he says, in the history of Modern Who, which showrunner killed off the most companions? Ian responds by saying, and I agree with this, Moffat, I think. I think Moffat did kill the most companions. He, he would also backdoor them in to say they're not really dead, but I think he would be the one who's killed the most companions. It'd be interesting to, yeah, I'd, I'd like to sit down and, you know, with a list and, and work on that. But yeah, off the top of my head, I'd say so. Yep. Because if I, if I think of, I can think of three people who entered the TARDIS in the Moffat era, no spoilers here. One died completely. The other two died, but he backdoored them in and Nicole uh, brought up, he killed Rory a lot. So. <laughs> well, that's true. Rory's a special case. Indeed, so, um, indeed. And um, yeah. And for, for Jamie Johnson, we'll just have to say, 
we did sound the spoiler warning. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but but yeah, to be fair, we didn't spoil it for the whole freaking series. So oops. Yep. yep. Anyway. Well, he does change, die. change just, the subject. He dies a lot, but just <laughs> FYI. Yeah. When Grace says they all died technically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, season five, spoilers. But back to this, let's go to season or series, as they are calling it, series 11, 12, and 13, specifically 12 and 13. And Lee, I want to point this one to you first. The Flux. The Flux. And even though they don't call it such, we get a reference to the timeless child story by the no Donna saying Gallifrey and him, you know, referencing it's complicated, which is a nod to Gallifrey Time and war, not Gallifrey. Yeah. Thoughts about addressing those two items? Well, there it is. We were waiting for... We got it. We got a, a reference to it uh, in um, Star Beast, but now this is somebody who is in a position to know, um, because the not Donna has Donna's mind, and Donna is either telling the truth or not later on, where she says she doesn't know what's in his head. But um, yeah, um, said no. You you don't know where you were. You don't know where you're from. Um, and. So that that just means that the question is back on the table. So, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm glad that it's out, and it's um, as I as I mentioned last time, and I, I know um, Nicole is is with me on this one too. Um, it's the Andrew Cartmel master plan, isn't it? We're we're finally getting back to saying there's a lot more to the doctor than we thought, and. You know, my my gut reaction to that during the the whole flux thing was um, why why mess with this? But you no, know, I've had some time to think about it. Yeah, why not? Mm. The show so, is called Doctor Who. Hmm. Mm. So I have a you thought, know? but I want to get Clarence's thought first. Yeah, I think what I took away from the whole thing is the fact that the Doctor is right back in that. Mopey, melancholy. I did something in my past that is affecting me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and how am I going to go on? So, um, and even, I guess it happened at the end mm. of Jody's run, but I didn't really get that sense from even at the end of her run from her. Um, I don't know if it's the portrayal or the writing, but instantly from David Tennant, I'm feeling all the weight of everything that happened uh, in the flux weighing him down or weighing the character down. So I, I I like the portrayal there. And as far as the timeless child thing, um, yeah, it's bothering him. <laughs> he wants to know. Uh, so, so yeah, um, hopefully we're going to get that explained at some point. And it seems like they're tackling it head on. So uh, Chibnall era is, is very much uh, alive and well. <laughs> so, so that being said, I want to uh, bring in – uh, some of the comments from the chat. Nicole says that it's finally some emotional reaction from the doctor on both of the events that we mentioned. Yeah. So I agree a hundred percent there. And then when Grace brings in and says it would be more annoying not to address it at all, at least it isn't a lingering question now. Agreed again. Yeah. Nicole also says, I think it's fine if it stays a mystery. I, I like that. And then I want to bring in what Ian <laughs> says, address it, but more, is it important to solve it? That, no. That's, that's a, a good good question. Put it right there with the name of the doctor. I don't want to know. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, know, you, you know, I would love to live in an alternate reality where Chibnall wrote what he wrote during his tenure, but someone else was the showrunner. And the reason I say that is we go back and look at some of the episodes that Chibnall wrote during the Moffat era and during the um, RTD era, and we actually enjoyed those episodes. So I'm mm -hmm. wondering if it was something that Clarence kind of alluded to a few minutes ago. Was it the execution of some of his plans that we didn't like? Because again, we introduced a war doctor that threw off the numbering 
back 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. So, and, and Chibnall, I don't know if we talked about this that much when we were reviewing, you know, his time, but, you know, bless him. He inherited the, the pandemic Dr. Who. True. Um, where, where shooting was so complicated and so difficult and, you know, wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yes, so. that is, that is true. And one of the issues I remember Lee that you and I had more than anything with the flux was you destroyed half the universe. It was basically like the doctor committed genocide and then, okay, well, let's just all be happy and go off on our merry way and woohoo, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and and I, and I'm with with Nicole again. I was glad that they at least mentioned the fact that half of the universe is now missing. I I think we all of us, the three of us, were concerned that they were just going to pretend like that didn't happen. Yeah, agreed, <laughs> agreed, agreed, agreed. Hmm. And Ian brought up something. You know, where I said it was the war doctor. Ian is a hundred percent right. The meta crisis doctor really threw off the numbering. As you know, when David Tennant kept the face again yeah. you know so that doctor loves the doctor loves that face, <laughs> that just face. About as much as yeah. we do. right so any other thoughts on this particular story i know there wasn't a lot to it and i think we've covered it but i'm curious to see before we get into our final ratings any other thoughts I don't know if I quite understood the slowing down of the time um, hmm. in order that these these aliens couldn't understand what was going on. And not really slowing down the time, just making the robot move very slowly is, I think, what they said in the episode. Yeah, I don't know if I ever really understood that. Mm, yeah. Apart from making that a dramatic conclusion, I wasn't sure what the point of that was. Either. So the way I took it was these beings replicated you very, very quickly. Uh So the slower things were, the the easier it, I mean, the harder it was for them to replicate, but it kind of doesn't make sense if nothing else is alive. They're not replicating the ship. Why not just have the ship just be there and blow it up? Hmm. Yeah, they lost (laughs) people. Oh, Jamie brings up an interesting point. Jamie says, I don't think the creatures can comprehend slow information. Yeah, I I, I think that was the, and it's double talk, but I do think that's, that that was the explanation as I understood it, that they literally can't comprehend things that are happening too slow. And the doctor who's the captain who's sacrificed herself um, as the the last person on the ship, um, she figured that out. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, they, they wanted adrenaline, Mm. um, and okay, that's convenient for the sake of creating a a conclusion where we're going to speed everything up. And so we have to raise the clock to, you know, uh, I mean, as a screenwriter, that's what I would do. I would say, I really want a fast finish. How can we make that happen? Oh, what if everything before that has to go slowly? (laughs) Ha ha ha. Just, you just start from the end and build those things back in so yeah and and i love the the the, um i love them showing the doctor's grasp of space and time i think we get it the first time at the Mm -hmm. very beginning of the episode when he tells donna time is going slow they're just moving slowly Mm -hmm. and also at the very end speaking of space how he knows the arm isn't the right length yes i mean who else would really know that except the doctor because he has such a grasp of how things work in time yeah. and shape and, and all this other good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, great, great way they showed that in the episode. Agreed. Agreed. And oh, and we had the, the return of um, the, um, the thing that uh, this doctor not only experiences the universe um, through this sort of way of feeling space and time moving through him, but also smell and taste. Yeah. Yes. So uh, he's, he's got to put his tongue on something before yeah, this is all why? over. Know, just so, why? Yeah. But yeah. because that version of the doctor, that face loves to taste things. Yeah. So, so anyway, 
And uh, Nicole brings up that he knew Martha was a clone in this Suntaran story for her measurements and smell yep. being mm. off. So that can tell. Mm. Mm-hmm. I did like the doctor, and I know a lot of you know the what I'm going to say. Doctor Who trolls the ones who they did. I've seen some complaints of Isaac Newton, who's supposed to be a white man, and I don't, you know, I didn't really care. I just thought the actor did a good job. I mm. also liked that the the reference, the, the banter that they had of, oh well, he was really cute. Yeah, I thought so too. And, oh, is that who I am now? I, I thought that that was cool for the Fourteenth Doctor. You know, showing a little bit of difference between the 10th mm-hmm. and the 14th, That's even true. though it was the same face, something very <laughs> subtle. So I really, really like that. Um, before we get into our final uh, ratings, I do want to ask one final question to you guys, which is any thoughts or expectations for next week for the finale? I have no idea what to expect. Just wow me. Just wow me. That's all yeah. I want. <laughs> That's where I am. I went into these thinking that it was a three-part story. And that um, that there would be cliff, that we're going to get two whopping cliffhangers in the middle of this, this story. But it's three separate stories. So, yeah, apart from what we've seen in the super short trailer that they're calling a trailer, it's a teaser. <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, apart from that, mm. yeah, who the I, hell knows? It's, so... Yeah. I'm going to say that I have trust in RTD from his first era, and I'm going to specifically reference that he referred to a name in season one, or series one, 2005 series. They referred to, um, and I can't remember the man that became the the name of the man that became the prime minister. My brain just lost it. Uh, You know, in series three, I know who the man was, but what was the name that the person used as the prime minister, um, John Sam's character. And I know who, oh, what John Saxon. J- yes. And they referred yeah. to Mr. Saxon in the first series several times that Mr. Sack thanks when grace and Nicole and Lee. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Saxon, they referred to that in season one and Ian. So, you know, I'm hoping that we will get some tiebacks into this. Hmm? Um, I think we're all going to be going crazy over a giggle, but, um, just that's going to be my little spoiler hint right there. See if I'm right there. Um, uh, question for you guys. Have we ever had an American actor come over and be such a headliner on Dr. Who before? I believe this is groundbreaking. Um, I believe so. I believe this is it. And nothing has tickled me more than looking for Doctor Who on Disney+. Plus. If you do a, a search by the alphabet and you type D-O, the first thing that it brings up is Doogie Howser. Doogie Howser, yeah. <laughs> so you're going to get Neil Patrick Harris whether you want him or not. not. Exactly. Anyway, well, uh, <laughs> that makes me think. Do, do we do we think the inclusion of him in this series had to do with Disney putting money behind this? Maybe they demanded. Well, Let's get some American folks in there. <laughs> I have read people decrying. You know what? This is obviously the beginning of the end of the Americanization of Doctor Who, and yeah, and yeah, this is, um, yeah, the ship is sinking, and that yeah, I, I think that's a. A huge overreaction. <laughs> mm. um, I, I, yeah, who knows? I, I want to bring in one who more knows? question, real quick. I know I said that was going to be my final question, but this is an mm. awesome question from Win Grace, and it is: Do you think the fact that the Doctor regenerated into David and the clothes will be relevant? Well, I hope so. I hope we haven't just dropped that somewhere because. And, you know, you, we talked way back when about uh, after Power of the Doctor about the fact that uh, the first Doctor w- didn't get up off the TARDIS floor wearing the same clothes. Mm. So, you know, is there precedent? Yeah. But no, I'm with Ian here. That's the toy maker. There's yeah. that's got to be what's going on here. There's this is somehow being manipulated. It's all part of the question about why this face has come back and why did he get somebody else's clothes forced onto him. That's yeah. 
Well, and we also see that it goes back to quote unquote normal because the first image that we see of Shooty's 15th doctor is the shirt and the tie that, you know, it may not be buttoned and the tie is undone, Mm -hmm. but it's the David Tennant tie that he's wearing now and the David Tennant shirt that he's wearing now. So it goes back to the norm of the next doctor wearing what the previous doctor wore. Let me just say, I can't wait to see 15 next week as much as I'm loving 14. I can't wait, 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 wait to see shooty that being said final ratings and final scene and our favorite scene and favorite quote i'm going to start with favorite quote clarence favorite quote ah what a delightful word savity (laughs) heavity mavity it hurts me you appreciate the mavity of that for your quote yeah <laughs> my quote <laughs> you know if there, if there's a line that just sort of brought me up off my seat saying yes it's now nothing is wrong nothing in the whole wide world oh hello Mills soldier oh man so good yeah. so i'm going to take one just whenever he opened the door and said wilfred mott that <laughs> right th- that that now just I feel warmed bad. both of my hearts so yes. and broke both of my hearts but still mm. uh, favorite scene i will take that first that ending scene when they opened the door from start to finish mm. uh to it went off that was it has to be my favorite scene because it was that that made up for any complaint that I had <laughs> for the first 50 some odd minutes. That was worth it for me. Favorite scene. That's mine. Lee, what was yours? Uh, favorite scene. Yes. Um, let me butt in quickly just to say, uh, when grace is offering as a favorite line. Oh, right. When things are gone, they keep existing. Oh yes. yes, yes, yes. That is, that was, that was a great line and it's, you know, we know this is object permanence. It's something that we all have to learn as, as infants. It's not obvious. <laughs> things happen. Anyway, favorite scene. I love um, that whole um, pair of scenes moving back and forth between these two conversations between the doctor and Donna as they're slowly realizing that they're not talking to who they think they're talking to. It's just fabulous. It's terrific. So. While he has her doing filing, I love the design of that machine. So it's, she's, filing it's just brilliant <laughs> all right so we did we're a favorite scene i didn't do mine yet and i'm yep getting to you for that one <laughs> Here we go. all so, right so what's yeah. your favorite scene okay mine is going to be just because i don't think we'll ever see this in doctor who again is the giant donna doctor um, squished up against the <laughs> hull of the spaceship. I, I, that's something we probably never see again in Doctor Who. We probably so. won't see that again. Yeah. Not saying it's a good thing, but yeah. I'm going to give it a shout out just for that. All yeah. right. So for, I want to uh, bring in something Nicole said, and this was quite well done. I wonder where the TARDIS goes at random. Maybe it lands on some outcrop by the sea, uh, and there's a tribe, and they worship it for 100 years. Yeah. Then they grow up and, and try to burn it. Then they get wise. They preserve it. Then they build a city all around it till the TARDIS is just a tiny little dot surrounded by skyscrapers and monorails. Monorails. Time passes and the city falls. It gets all swept away. And there's the TARDIS still on its outcrop by the sea. Good quote. That's beautiful. Yes, indeed. And Ian also brings in, Donna says, like fools say, (laughs) Alonzi. That was idiots say. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) All right. So final rating. And before I lose it in the chat, I'm going to say that Larry is giving this three sonic screwdrivers out of five. So final rating. Clarence, what say ye? Final rating. (sighs) I'm going to give this three slow moving robots out of five. Mm. Donk. All right. So we've got three. We've got three. Lee Shackelford. What say you? I'm going to give it three and a half. 
giant doctor hands <laughs> out of five, I think. Mm. Yeah. That's my hand. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jamie is giving this four newbies out of five. Oh, I like go. that. Love it. I'm <laughs> going to give this a rating in two parts. So I'm going <laughs> to give it three sing TARDIS singing wild blue yonders out of five, but I'm going to give it its own separate side rating of two, one more Wilfred Mott out of five. <laughs> oh, so that's so, a bonus too. A bonus. So Nicole is giving this three equine captains out of five. <laughs> when Grace is giving it 4.25 something clever out of five. Oh, I like that too. That's right. Speaking of the equine captain, I'd just like to mention that if you like science fiction adventure about giant spaceships with nobody aboard except for the captain who's committed suicide, may I recommend my um, audio drama Relativity? Yeah, there was a part of this where I started going, oh no, oh no, please don't say the captain's committed suicide. Oh, they said it. Oh, wow. Um <laughs> Well, I was there first, damn it. <laughs> anyway, I also wore my World War II planes shirt t tonight, by the way. I just wanted to get that so, on camera. So, Clarence There's and your Lee, yonder. Yeah. and Mr. Shackelford, if mm. someone were wanting to know about Relativity Podcast, <laughs> where might they go find Relativity Podcast? Relativitypodcast.com. How's that? Indeed. And if someone wanted to know who also stars in Relativity Podcast, found at relativitypodcast.com, who might that be? Well, it's the three of us in varying degrees. And, uh, and my dear friend, the in, in, endlessly talented Elena Jordan, um, who is not the captain. <laughs> anyway, but she, she's the boss, isn't she? Anyway. Always. You're the always. <laughs> I thought Nadia was yeah. the star, but anyway. Well, okay. <laughs> Nadia and Elena were. <laughs> you can't 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 have the show without either of them. So. Yep, indeed. So the, again, okay. that is relativitypodcast.com. So please Dig go in. check that out. It is awesome, and uh, please check it out. It is award winning, by the way. That's but, true. I just want to end by saying to everyone in the chat, thank you for joining us. This made this hour so much fun. We yeah. are glad that you joined us. And to the two gentlemen here with me, thank you as always. This was an awesome episode, and I look forward to wearing my armband this weekend so that I don't go crazy. And we will, as always, see you next time. <laughs>